Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to Christopher Daniels. And I've been called many things in my life, the fallen angel, a ring general, the man with the rear that makes the girls cheer. But now you can call me the guy that's listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast. And by the way, you're also listening as well. Enjoy. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast with your host, Mark Madison. This episode's guest is Christopher Daniels. Visit ProWrestlingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer. And now here's your host, Mark Madison. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast. I am here with a veteran of 25, 36, 26 years. I was, I was going to push for closer to 30. It's getting there. Uh, <laughs> it's getting there. It's getting there. Uh, don't rush me, please. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Uh, Mr. Christopher Daniels, uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Mr. Daniels, for your time and your energy. No problem. Thanks for having me. Um, so you're here in, in Toronto, and you've been part of not just one, but now this is night two of the OWE's uh, venture into Canada. Um, but you're not new to the territory, and you've been part of multiple different shows, different promotions. Uh, how have you found the experiences each time that you've come back? Canada has always been great. Uh, you know, it's always been a, a, a home for professional wrestling fans, and I've had the, the opportunity to basically wrestle in a lot of the different uh, uh, regions, uh, whether it was Vancouver or Toronto or Ottawa or Montreal. Uh, I've been very fortunate to be able to travel around and work for a lot of the different independent companies up here. And it's always been great, man. The, the, the crowds are very respectful. They're very appreciative of hard work. And I've found that I've had a very good uh, response from wrestling fans when I've come up to Canada. So it's always been great. Uh, one thing that, that I've heard in, in asking other talent is that y- you cater your style to the crowd. Have you found that uh, this particular market, this particular crowd varies from, say, if you were wrestling in Germany or Japan or parts of the U.S.? Actually, no. I, I feel like, like, honestly, when you get to a certain point, like people buy a ticket they're buying a ticket to see Christopher Daniels they sort of know what they want to see they want to see Christopher Daniels they don't want to see me come out and act like someone different they don't want to see me do a different character than what they've watched me do at TNA or Ring of Honor or AEW so literally I I might adjust for crowd size or whatever but you know I try to give them what they would expect to see from a Christopher Daniels match you know it's my greatest hits and um, you know I don't I don't start with uh, something I don't start with a b-side and I don't end with a b-side I I start with a hit I end with a hit and try to get all my good ones in the middle so that people who have paid money to see me get to say oh I got to see him do the best moves all ever oh I got to see him do angels wings or whatever Um, you know and then different crowds and different atmospheres and different opponents may call for something to change on the fly or to you come up with something different just based on what the room's reacting to. But literally, like, in my mind, I also want to make sure that if someone's buying a ticket to see Christopher Daniels, they get to see the things that made them want to see Christopher Daniels live, whether they saw me on television or they saw me on pay-per-view or they saw me on YouTube, you know, whatever they were like, oh, man, I like Christopher Daniels. I'd love to see him live. I want to make sure they get to see whatever it was that caught their eye in the first place. So the Christopher Daniels now, uh, in year 26 um, of, of this profession, has seen and done virtually everything. But if you could to look back to the Christopher Daniels in year one, where would you say, I mean, I'm sure the scope of change and adjustment and, and variation in style has, is not the same, um, but what can you attribute the change in involvement and 
uh, two. Well, to me, like I, I tried to, I just tried to do something different. I realized I tried not to become stale. I tried not to get too dependent on the same old same, you know, and whether it was a change in how I looked or a change in how I wrestled or a change in what I said, I always try to give fans something different and, and try to be relevant, you know, try to give them a new character, something new to sink their teeth into. And so like in the last couple of months, that's been uh, a little bit of the ring general character that I do and a little bit of SCU. Like the fact that I'm, you know, now a part of a faction with Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, that's given me a new lease on life that I might not have had five years ago when it was just me and Frankie as the addiction. It's a different vibe with Scorpio, with SCU, and, and, and that's really it. Just the idea of just trying to always be something different at some point. Once people, once I feel people have seen enough of a certain phase, I try to go to a different phase and try to give them something new to sink their teeth into. Now, you're saying that the new relationship and the new build with um, SoCal and Censored, it's, it's a different vibe, a different feel, but, and with that, um, how did that relationship initially come about and, and its involvement to where it is, and where do you see it going? It's almost like a two-fold question. Well, first of all, um, you know, when we were in Ring of Honor, Frankie and I were always, we, we had dabbled with the idea of having a third member of our crew. Um, at first, it was uh, Hiromu. Um, Takahashi, uh, who was Kamatachi in Ring of Honor, and we had a real good successful run with him. Um, but then when he went back to New Japan, um, we were dabbling with the idea of a third member just because at that point Ring of Honor had come up with six-man titles. Mm-hmm. And um, there was just an opportunity where Scorpio Sky came into the play, and he had a great showing at uh, Ring of Honor in Las Vegas. And after that, he had uh, the opportunity to come wrestle for us in Texas, and had great showings there, and he had uh, great showings in Philadelphia at the uh, 2300 Arena, and actually the night that we decided to pick Scorpio Sky, he had a match where it was him and Flip Gordon and uh, Coast to Coast against the Young Bucks and uh, uh, the rest of Bullet Club, and at the end of that match, I remember Nick Jackson grabbing the microphone and and saying specifically how hard Scorpio had worked, because we had all known Scorpio for you know, more than 10 years as someone who had been, a, um, you know, a stalwart of, of pro wrestling out of California and, and sort of struggled to get his break outside of that. And I remember him saying something to the effect of, Ring of Honor, we've got to hire this guy. And I went that night to our guys and I said, listen, I, I think Scorpio Sky is our guy for the third member of me and Frankie. And then um, not soon after that, uh, we, at that point, we were all traveling together with, we were traveling with the Young Bucks in the same car. So it was the Young Bucks, myself, Frankie, and Skye, and um, we had the idea to do bits on BTE about burying the town we were in, and that's how SoCal and Censored became the guys that they are now, the guys that, you know, this is the worst town we've ever been in. That all came about because of BTE, and because of the popularity of that show, the popularity of the Bucks, um, it sort of bled over into what we were doing, and it got much more popular. And, um, and that's how that all sort of came about to become what you see now on AEW pay-per-views and what you're going to see come October when we're on television. Um, so going, going forward, Scorpio's an active part of the group. Um, unfortunately, he's not part of the show tonight. But um, so he wasn't privy to, to the idea or it was just something you and Frankie were mulling over. And then, you know, who's going to be the guy? Because it was... Yeah, it was, it was something that Frankie and I both decided. Um, you know, we've been friends, especially Frankie and Sky have, have got a long history of working against each other in Southern California. And um, Frankie was one of the guys that was trying to get him a position in Ring of Honor in the first place. Right. Um, and so often in times, uh, it's not that you're not good enough 
to be in a place, it's that there's not a specific idea for you sometimes. You know, there's plenty of talent, but sometimes there's just not that right hook, the right avenue to bring someone in. So luckily, Scorpio had already proved that he had the talent to be in Ring of Honor. This opportunity to be part of our crew was the hook that got him in. And luckily, Ring of Honor agreed and they saw what we saw. And, um, you know, it wasn't very long before we started getting great responses as the trio. And, um, you know, and that sort of also helped the idea for Matt to have us be on BTE as a trio. And all of that just sort of came together at the same time. Well, and fans get a chance to see th that different side, that act, those acting chops get a chance to play themselves out. And you guys seem to have a lot of fun with BTE. And, uh, we, you know, we're thankful that we see that weekly with you guys. Um, so now we see the Christopher Daniels. Now, where did you move away from the, the fallen angel, per se? Um, right around the middle of my time in, in TNA, um, there was always a call to try and figure out why I was called the Fallen Angel, and so we tried to come up with different backstories and different motivations of why I would be the Fallen Angel. And at the end of it all, I realized that uh, that character itself, like the character that I had envisioned in you know, 1998, 1999, uh, it wasn't really something that everybody could sink their, in their teeth into, and it wasn't something that I was really sinking my teeth into. I felt like I was wearing another man's coat. And so I realized finally that Fallen Angel really fit me best as just a nickname. Um, and it didn't need to be explained past that. But I also didn't have to have a character that was based on just that name. Yeah. Um, you know, at that point, at that point I decided to get rid of it. I had been called Fallen Angel for 15 years. And um, you can't really, it's hard to fight City Hall in the sense like I would come out and they wouldn't call me Fallen Angel, but the chance would be there. The chance would come from the fans and they always remembered me as Fallen Angel. And so I just decided to sort of lean into that and go, all right, well, I'll be a fallen angel for the rest of my career. Yeah. I have no problem with that because that's how people, most people remember me. And so um, it's, it's literally just become a nickname. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really an angel that fell in the same way that <laughs> Shawn Michaels doesn't really break hearts every time he walks into a ring. So there's that. Um, so it's interesting because, you know, a one-time religion and and the darkness that you know, the Undertaker brought, and there was sort of that allure a little bit initially with the Fallen Angel, and some people might be like, taken aback by the fact that religion and wrestling get tied together, but creatively, you, you look at it artistically, you don't necessarily look at it as, as pol uh, politically charged or uh, charged by religion or charged by race. Um, were you specific in knowing where the line was and well I tried to push it I wanted to be controversial without being offensive but like where I thought the line was wasn't always where creative people saw the line or the companies that I worked for and and um, you know throughout wrestling they're always trying to find ways to monetize these characters but there's also trying to find ways to not turn audiences away and so you know and I understood that and um you know, in the end, in the end, regardless of whether it would have been controversial or offensive or deemed inappropriate, um, it just wasn't me. And um, you know, and I, I think one of the best things that I did was had I had I had enough of the common sense to decide that it was time to walk and do something different yeah. and not you know be so stubborn and 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 rigid that I was like, no, I I, I can make this work. I can make this work. I realized I wasn't making it work 100. percent and so I decided to just go out and have fun and be myself and let the name just be a name. And, um, and I feel like it's, it's helped me 
uh, in my career to just sort of have that freedom to just go out and do what I want to do yeah. rather than be sort of restricted in this dark character that not everybody got behind. Yeah. No. Um, delving a little bit into some of the, the past, um, you know, I've had the fortune to talk to, to Frankie Kazarian. Um, he says you're the worst person in the world. Awesome. And, and, I'm, and I'm pretty sure that's right. Mutual. No, no, I am the worst person <laughs> in the world. Definitely worse than Frankie, but I've only, only because I've had more experience being a bad person. So I've got a couple years on it. So. <laughs> um, but we, we touched upon, when we spoke, um, your world championship win, Ring of Honor. Right. Um, the, the feeling, the emotion that was not just give, felt, I'm sure, by yourself, by your peers, by the fans. Um, did, it, did it feel like it was... It was the right time, the right place. What, what were what feelings and emotions were you going through at the time of even the process of getting to that point and knowing that it was going to happen and then it happens and then? Well, honestly, um, the the for the whole idea that came from that really was that that idea was born after Ladder War in uh, Boston uh, against the Young Bucks and the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, one of the one of my contemporaries who worked there at the time. Uh, said to me, he pulled me aside and he said, you know, after that performance, I feel like there's an opportunity here for you to sort of move to becoming world champion. And I said, you know, if that's, if that's the path you guys want to take, I'm happy to take it. I'm certainly not going to talk my way out of it, but I'm not going to fight for it either. I feel like if it's the best story to tell and you feel like I could be that guy, I'm happy to do it. Um, you know, and the, the notion got kicked around with a bunch of different people and finally they decided that it was a story that had sort of written itself over the course of the history of Ring of Honor, and it just happened to play uh, timing-wise, career-wise for me, like knowing that, um, well, and not really knowing how much longer I have in the wrestling business, it felt like the right time for them to, to pull the trigger on me. And, um, you know, and I, I understood I understood at that moment that I wasn't really necessarily the best wrestler in the company but I understood that it was the best story to tell right. it was a story that had a, a, a beginning that was years years in the making and um, for it to come around the way it did I felt like I think that's one of the reasons why everybody got so emotional about it because anybody that started with Ring of Honor that has watched Ring of Honor from 2002 and, and saw how often I had had opportunities and came up short to finally get that big one was uh, was a big deal to them, and certainly a big deal to me. One of the biggest nights of my career, um, you know. And I don't know if I'll ever uh, attain such lofty heights again. So I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I got the opportunity to do it the way I did it. And uh, again, one of the, one of the best nights of my life. Well, you had said, you know, if I'm not going to talk my way out of it, and it was the best story to tell, and if and I'll stand behind it and I'll make it work. Um, but if it didn't happen. Um, it doesn't feel like any less, right? Is it? No, I was fine. I mean, if you had asked me in 2016 if I ever thought I'd be world champion, I would have said no. Um, you know, I, I didn't think, like, at that point in my career, I didn't think that's what the plan was going to be. Um, I knew that, uh, I knew that, uh, you know, at that point, I was, I was deep involved with the tag team with Frankie, and it made more sense to be part of a tag team. So, um, that was where I was. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Um, welcome, ladies again, gentlemen, once again to Pro Wrestling Post Podcast. We've got actually something really unique taking place. We're, we're here with Christopher Daniels um, of SoCal Uncensored, and we're doing a, an interview that's both pre-match and kind of post-match. So now that he's had the opportunity to, to soak in this particular crowd with OWE and, and Toronto themselves, um, really different reaction. I didn't, I didn't anticipate more of the local guys getting the kind of reaction they did. Sure. Um, and, but it, was, it seemed like a really fun match. What was your feelings and, and how it went through and, and the pacing? and uh, being told? I thought it was great. I, I, I've seen Mike Rollins work a lot, and I think he's very talented. Um, you know, just looking for that hook, the thing that's going to take him to that next level. I think he's, a, he's, he's one of those guys that's very creative, and he's, he's taken chances with a character before. And I feel like it's just a matter of time before we find something that really clicks and brings him to the forefront. And then um, Brent, I had just met Brent today. Uh, last name Banks, right? Banks. Brent Banks. Banks yeah. Okay. See, I didn't. I didn't even know who Brent was. But after a match where you meet a guy for the very first time and you, you click really well with him, I'm very impressed with him. I don't know how long he's been working, but uh, seems like a very young guy and um, very talented, very crisp in the ring, and also. Uh, something that I noticed with both of those guys and Frankie even mentioned to them he felt like they had very good ring ring awareness like they know where to be and where to go and if they're out of place they know how to go into place so um, so yeah they're 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 both very talented men and, and uh, I was very happy with the way the match went down super um, and yeah, Banks has actually been uh, kind of a stalwart in smash um, character himself has evolved and He's developed, and he's kind of we're at the point where you're seeing him right now. Today. Right. Um, before we had left off, one of the things we were talking about was uh, AEW, uh, or I was going to allude to. Um, you've been a part of it since the announcement, uh, and the the parts and part of BTE as well. Uh, where do you see like uh, where did the idea or the concept initially come from? Was it was it the All In show initially? Do you think that the thought process behind it becoming a promotion and um, I, 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 I'm not really privy to all that, to be honest oh, with okay. you. I mean, um, this was all, all, all the pre-stuff that I knew about was all between Tony Khan and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Um, so I, I think that All Out was certainly a factor, or All In was a factor, and, and seeing the success of All In, um, just based off of, you know, this was, a, this was a, a card that was put together with very little television backing um really a lot of the stuff that happened was pushed forward the storyline stuff was pushed forward on on a youtube show so i mean to to be able to sell eleven thousand tickets based off of what you're doing on a youtube show i think there was some eyes opened um and if they weren't already open that certainly opened them to the idea that maybe there's a a market for more market for something different Mm -hmm. and um 
So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like like once they saw that, it was just a matter of uh, just a matter of time for everybody to sort of like get together and, and sort of make something happen. Um, and now we're at a point where the the buy-in, the discussion about uh, what's taking place uh, all out um, is very shortly it's coming up. But uh, based off of the success of uh, Double or Nothing, um, how what's the vibe? the attitude, the, the feeling around, because a lot of people want to seem to make this comparison. It's a different product from one major promotion to another major promotion. Um, what's the intention, reality, or do you think it's going to make AEW so much more different than everybody else? Well, just the mentality of, of, of trying to be an alternative. It's not trying to be a direct comp- competition. Like, we know what the WWE does well, but we also knew what we do well, and it's not necessarily the same thing. It's, it's facets of the same genre but there's also differences in the attitude towards what we do and I feel like one of the things that I've always been impressed with Matt and Nick Jackson specifically those guys is their ability to sort of turn what they do into a party into a fun atmosphere and I feel like that's one of the things that has drawn so much attention to being the elite on YouTube um, the shows that we've done in the past um, just the build up from the beginning in January, all the way to Double or Nothing, the the Fighter Fest event, the Fight for the Fallen event, um, you know, just just the feeling of there's something new and there's something exciting, and I feel like that that's energized a lot of wrestling fans, and I, I feel like to their benefit, I think it's energized the WWE a little bit in the sense that now, um, you know. I, I don't think we're a competition in that sense, but I feel like they see us as something that could be competition. And if this strikes a fire under them to be more creative or think outside the box, then in the end, the ones that win are the wrestling fans. Yeah. And I mean, um, you know, you, you go back to the days of, of, of Raw and Nitro sort of battling head to head. You know, the, the battle was on to see who could be most creative and who could, who could gain uh, the most buzz and, um, you know, the people that ended up winning were the millions and millions of fans that were watching both both products and sampling both products. So, at this point, I'm not interested in trying to compete with WWE. I feel like there's plenty of room on the planet for our stuff and their stuff. And I don't think anybody's being asked to make a, a decision of one or the other. It's, let's see how this goes and, and, and ride with us. And see where... It's, See where this party takes us. Do you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only five. per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What can fans anticipate for SEU's role place moving forward, you know, talking today and even going on further? Um, Well, just, you know, like we've been very fortunate to be on the ground floor as this thing was going on. And, um, you know, we're, we're very close with Matt and Nick. We're very close with the guys that are involved with the decision-making. So I feel like if there are things to be decided, we're going to be 
maybe not in the room when it happens, but we'll certainly be one of the first crews that gets sort of apprised of the situation. So I feel like we're in a position now where we can help affect some real change and some real um, some real entertaining uh, quality wrestling out there. And so, you know, we're just going to do our bit. We, we know that we're not the main focus, but we're happy to be part of this game and we're happy to be part of this this party that's happening. I'll thank Matt and Nick Jackson till the end of my days for what's happened to me starting January 1st until now because it's just been a whirlwind. And they've they've literally changed my life and, um, you know, changed a bunch of people's lives. So, um so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what the future holds, and it, it's going to be breaking new ground for a lot of us, because not everybody has, has done live television before. Um, uh, weekly live television is very difficult. I had a, uh, we had a bit of it in, in TNA, and um, I know what worked and what didn't work, and how we, we could have done better, or what I think could have done better, and we'll see what happens, man. I mean, I'm in for the long haul, and hopefully the fan base um, is, is in that same, has got that same commitment to what we got going. Um, we were here today, and, and at the same time, uh, fellow AEW talent, uh, Sammy Guevara, has also competed. Um, is it also an opportunity to kind of let shed some light and show these guys as to what will be effective, what won't be? Um, so they, it's almost that, that mentoring mentality where I, you know, we should not have you make the same mistakes I did or that I was privy to. Um, is that the idea? Maybe with kind of the, the blend of talent, the more savvy or experienced with uh, the younger, more um, athletically inclined per se? Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, like, you can't you can't have all veterans and you can't have all brand new talent. There has to be a mix. There has to be a level of guys that have been where the younger talent want to go. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, my... My, at my at my point in my career now, you know, 26 years, coming on 27 soon, um, you know, I know that my day isn't, my, my place isn't first and foremost, it's not the front of the boat. Do you know what I mean? I know that I'm a member of a team and I have something to offer, but it's not necessarily being the face of the company. And I get that. Um, my, my position is to try and help guys that haven't been there yet, that haven't had this opportunity, hopefully give them all of my expertise and my experience and sort of affect a path for them to get to those positions. So, um, so for me, it's literally a matter of trying to, uh, in the same way that guys took me under their wing when I was starting, I'm sort of doing the same thing. I'm, I'm giving my expertise to guys like Sammy and Brandon Cutler and, and, uh, and all of the young guys coming through AEW. Um, you know, I'm going to give the benefit of my experience of what I've done in Ring of Honor, what I've done in TNA, um, what I've done on the independent team, what, what I think works and what I think didn't work. Um, and that's my role is to try and help out and help form these guys uh, and give them a leg up into becoming the next big thing. Um, this, this might be a bit of a loaded question, but in saying it, uh, you're, you had spoke about earlier, you, know, you and, and, and uh, Frankie both had seen Scorpio and you knew that he was going to be the guy to join. Um, what talent can fans that maybe aren't as familiar with new young talent that is going to be part of AEW that they should really be keen on keeping an eye out on? And, and what is it about them that maybe sticks up so special? Well, um, but it, the easy answer for me, first of all, uh, Sammy Guevara, I think, is, is a very talented guy. Um, he's already shown what he can do 
in, in AAA, and I think once American audiences get familiar with him, they're gonna they're gonna see that he's something special. I feel the very same way about Kip Sabian, a young gentleman that I encountered in the UK a couple years ago, and luckily I had the opportunity to sort of get him involved with this company, and uh, I feel like the future's very bright for him. Um, uh, and then guys like Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, um, two guys that uh, have found themselves on the independent scene. And I feel like they've got a very special act that uh, is going to translate well to our television audience. I think they're going to be very popular duo. Um, and Marco Stunt also uh, joining those guys. So that particular trio, I think, is, has got uh, a big future ahead of them. Um, you know, and, 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 and then the, the entire tag team division in, in AEW at this point, you know, led by the Young Bucks, but don't forget SCU and Best Friends and the Dark Order, um, you know, all of the, uh, uh, Jack Evans and Angelico, like these are all guys that have been around the world and have wrestled just about everywhere and had that experience. And I feel like we're gonna bring these guys that may not be household names to a nationwide audience, and I think people are gonna be very surprised and very pleasantly surprised by what, uh, what AEW brings to the table. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the Dark Order. They were very popular here in Smash. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, were very competitive, and they definitely had a niche carved out. But it seems like now that the opportunities that with AEW, there's more um, <laughs> darkness brought out of the, in their characters and a little more evolution. So um, fans shouldn't sleep on them either. They're, they're no, not at all. Now. Not at all. And we're very fortunate that uh, we're able to bring them. Um, I know in the past that there were issues with uh, with uh, coming into the country that was sort of holding them back from doing more stuff and becoming more uh, more famous in the states. But now that that's been handled, these guys are, are are poised to become part of probably the best tag team division in the world right now. And um, I'm I'm looking forward to see what they bring to the table. Um, you know, I, I've seen their work in the past year or two like firsthand and I know that they're they're both very talented guys very creative guys and um, they're going to fit right in with, with what we got going on super um, before we let you go you know we've got a busy time ahead of you too here on Pro Wrestling Post the podcast we like to have a little game so if you're up sure. for a little game okay super what so is the, it so the game's called Wrestling Tinder uh, so we throw a topic out if it catches your eye if it's interesting if it's something that appeals to you you'll swipe I right I okay. you, okay. you don't have to okay. but you yeah, swipe I'm right a, I'm a married man so <laughs> maybe it's just a dinner date maybe yeah, it's maybe, just maybe. a high five or something yeah, for, okay, sure, for sure for sure alright so I swipe right if I like it and if you swipe don't you swipe left, left get out of here yeah. okay. um, and no questions asked about okay. it right? okay uh, always a hot button topic intergender wrestling uh, I swipe right okay I understand the mentality of it, and I understand, uh, like, the guys that fight for it, guys like Joey Ryan, I understand their point of view, but I also understand that it's not necessarily everybody's cup of tea. And, um, you know, it's just a, a it, just me personally, I feel like I'm not the best guy to uh, partake in it. I've done a, a, a few matches, and I feel like I've done the best I could in those situations, but I, I, I wouldn't want to... Do it as often as like Joey's done it. Joey's become a master of it, and he knows the way to play it and his character, and he knows how to do that stuff. I don't think I would be as good at it as him, and so it's not my cup of tea personally. Yeah, I think some of the criticism that it tends to face is the social climate that it's tied to. You know, we're in a in a Me Too movement, and we're talking equality, um, but then understanding there is still an art form to it, and there's still consent that's part of it, right? Whereas opposed to um, Throwing um, just words like domestic and violence tied to it, 
isn't necessarily fair. So no, no, no. And like some people enjoy it, and some people are, are turned off by it. And I think that's that's one of those things that uh, you know, it's it's really up to it, art is in the eye of the beholder, as they say, and not everybody enjoys every art form. And um, for me, like I said, I I've I've dabbled in it. I've had a couple of, of matches against uh, female competitors, and I felt I did the best I could in the situation. Um, but I, I, like I said, I don't think that I would want to do it primarily or do it as a focus of my career like, like Joey has. I feel like it, for me, it was best done the few times that we did it, we did it well. And, um, I, but I wouldn't want to go to that well too often because I, I think I would run out of creative ideas. Joey's been nothing but creative. He's been a, a creative mind. He's got a formula that he does very well and he's made it very successful thing. But I also too, uh, to me, I feel like part of the reason that he's so successful is that he's one of the few that has figured out, he's figured out the, the, the formula uh, to make it work for him. And I don't know if I'm, I'm as creative in that respect that, as Joey was. So, I mean, you know, hats off to him. Oh, fair enough. Um, one last topic that we'll throw out. And oh, we only did one Tinder no, no, talk. No, okay, no, I no, swept no, right no, and we're no, done. No, 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 one more, more, one more topic. All right, um, so right now, an uh, interesting conversation that's kind of taken place on social media is the division between um, your reality and your person, like, and your character. Mm. And, and saying that um, this conversation over, you know, if, if it's Christopher Daniels and the, and the, the online handle is Christopher Daniels, mm. that's one thing. But if, um, if uh, per se, your name was Bo Smith and yet the handle, how do you differentiate between the two? Does it break uh, the fans from where they need to see the business? Where they like are, are they interacting with the person, or is it uh, a separate entity that you're trying to create? This is some of the confusion that I think partly it lies with some. Um, I say this because uh, a recent discussion with uh, Jordan Grace took place online, who was here competing earlier. Mm -hmm. Jim Cornette was part of it, and. Um, is there a line? Are you looking at it as a separate entity? Do you, when you put out a profile as a, as talent, is it? Do you draw the line? Like, what what are you advertising? Well, are me, you, me personally, I. Are you familiar with this? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Okay. Yeah, and um, I, I I I sort of land in the middle of it. I guess I. Everything that I say as Christopher Daniels online, um, is probably what I would say as as my real persona. Anyway, I'm I'm. And, and if, if I think there's going to be any sort of confusion between the two, I don't post it. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't say anything as Christopher Daniels that I probably wouldn't say as myself. Um, you know, I, I'm not looking to engage controversy. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to use social media for my benefit. I'm not trying to rally the troops for anything specific. Mm -hmm. Literally, all I want my fans to do is know where I'm going to be and support the, the places that I would like support for. And uh, that's all I'm using my social media for. I'm not really out there to necessarily fight a good fight for anything specific. You know, if I have a point of view on something, I, it's not really... I, may, I might not share it with everybody because it's not really everybody's business. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine just leaving Christopher Daniels on my, my Twitter and saying the things that I would say. And, and it's just a matter of thought. Like, is it something that I want to put out to the world? Or is that an opinion that I would rather keep to myself and, and someone, you know, to the people that I want to talk to rather than, you know, the millions of, of you know, strangers who follow me for whatever reason. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to keep those opinions to myself. Fantastic. So, yeah.
Just my uh, opinion on my social media, you uh, know? No, that's totally understood sure. and accepted. I mean, everyone's going to approach it differently, and sure. we welcome that. Uh, before we let you go, was there anything you'd like to promote, advertise, uh, make fans aware of? I, I think people are pretty much aware of the, the, the big thing for me. I mean, AEW is coming um, all out August 31st, October 2nd, the very first television show. Um, looking forward to being on TNT, um, working with TNT and working with AEW to sort of spread the brand. Um, and I, let's see where this goes, man. I, to, I, to me, it's it's a great time to be a professional wrestling fan. Um, I was fortunate enough to be in the beginning stages of two different companies already, TNA wow. and Ring of Honor. And um, I feel like both of those companies are very proud of what I did in those two companies. And I'm looking forward to see what contributions I can make to AEW with my friends Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, uh, and try and make AEW the best promotion it can be. Um, you know, for the guys that put their trust in me and gave me this opportunity, I'm going to go out and, and swing for the fences every time I'm out there. Fantastic. Uh, on behalf of Christopher Daniels and SCU and AEW, this is Mark Madison for the Pro Wrestling Post podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast with your host, Mark Madison. Once again, please visit ProWrestlingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. And be sure to download the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer.